What's good, everyone? Welcome back to My First Kicks. I'm your host, Haas, and this is episode 95. Super crazy. We're up to episode 95. We're about to hit the triple digits. And this week, we welcome Ryan Sullivan to the podcast. He's a content creator. I love his TikToks. We talk about it on the podcast, how much he put me up on some brands I didn't know about. I love his takes on sneakers. Uh, and we get to talk about his thoughts on the sneaker industry and marketing and TikToks and social media. Um, and it's a great chat. So we do go into it for a good bit. So this is probably going to be a short intro. But, you know, just calling it out, we are down to the last five episodes of this podcast. It's very crazy. I think, well, I mean, last five episodes before we hit 100. My bad. I was about to say it sounded like I was about to end the podcast. But, you know, it's very crazy how I started off as just this idea that I just dragged my feet to put together and do. And I finally did. And we're about to hit episode 100. So with the release of this episode, this is the last call. If I wasn't wasn't lazy, I'd put a little DEFCON 5 sound behind this um, just because, you know, I need a couple weeks to get the guest that people are clamoring for. And I hope I able I am able to get them. You know, I have to, like, pull all the punches, hit all my people. All ask my agent to do lunch with their agent and get them down to be able to do this podcast for free. So I am hoping to by the time by episode 99 announce who will be the guest for episode 100 and also release something that me and a previous guest have been working on. Well, they have been working on more than me. Um and it's going to be very dope. So make sure everybody who's listening to this right now, tweet at me, tweet at the podcast, tag whoever you want to be on the podcast for episode 100. Last call, last call, last chance to get your dream guest and my, maybe my dream guest if we're thinking about who we're thinking about. Uh, and hopefully we can get them on the podcast if enough people tweet at them to jump on the podcast. So. Jump on there, tweet, Instagram, uh, iron horse it, uh, hoof it, smoke signal, whatever you got to do, get it in front of my face so that I can get everyone who they want to be. If they want to be on the podcast, that, that that's maybe another part I have to think about. But yes, I have to get anyone who, who and everyone involved to hopefully get them on the podcast. But this week, it's been a crazy one. And, you know, I don't really talk about current events a lot on here, but the the stuff that's going on with Kanye is wild. And I am not sure what to make of it besides, you know, the man just is going down a road that he decides to burn every bridge that he's going across. But. You know, very curious of what people think about holding on to their Yeezys and if they will be wearing them. Do they feel they are now, you know, a scarlet lettered because of what he's done? Um, so, you know, hit, use the use the hashtag. Hit, hit me up with your thoughts. I think it's it's a, a very interesting conversation, especially for people like in us in our in our niche area that we're in to you know have a conversation about this because if we're just holding on to stuff or if we're you know some people are burning their stuff like you know this is all money that we've worked hard for and you know they're we're putting our, our hard-earned money into somebody else's pocket and now now the thing that we bought and sought after it's it's it has no no worth or per, per se to the people who are big fans of this but like you know it's it's just a crazy predicament like, you know, it's hard to just even formulate enough words to to say what is going on. But I think, 
you know, if you we've had J5 on here, who's been vehemently against Kanye. And then we also had Ify, who loves Kanye. Like, it's just we've got the whole the whole spectrum because I'm very neither neither or I'm not against I'm not for I just do my thing and he doesn't bother me. And that's 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 it. That's what I do. But we are in this crossroads and hopefully I hope we learned a lot from Bernie's episode and Dante's episode the past two weeks. So on to where you can find Ryan Sullivan. You can find him on all social medias as Sullivan Ryan. That's S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N. And then Ryan, R-Y-A-N. Make sure you hit him up, follow him, follow him, hook him up with as many, you know, followers as possible there. Listen to his podcast as well. Uh, all his information is going to be in the link tree and you know where to find me. I am who is Haas on all social medias. Follow the podcast, My First Kicks Pod. And if you have a My First Kicks story, hit me up. My First Kicks Pod at gmail.com. Would love to read it on the air, especially to a guest. So we can have a, a, it could be another conversation starter on top of that. So hit me up. But on to this week's guest, Ryan Sullivan. <laughs> Hey Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's up, Pass? How you doing, man? Yo, what's cracking? Uh, yo, following you on TikTok, I was like, let me let me see if I can uh, squeeze in, uh, mention uh, how to get you on my podcast when you were doing your podcast. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> fellow caster, man. We out here casting, casting shadows, casting episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's very interesting because I'm not able to go live, and I've been trying to go. I've been trying to get my viewer count up. Um, I mean, my followers up so I can go live on TikTok, but mm-hmm. you, you're you doing a solo pod and I don't know. I don't know how you do it, man. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's quite I mean, I've been doing it for quite some time, actually. Um, the Ryan Sullivan show as as a podcast, it's had it's had many different forms. It kind of started. Well, I've always made like goofy videos. Mm-hmm. for for many many years um but then sort of uh i expanded that into like making like widescreen like camera videos and mm-hmm. would have uh i started doing this here in montreal like i don't know 10 years ago and i would i would cover mostly events like little pop-ups or certain drops like um uh, like clothing brands or like little restaurant pop-ups or like music festivals. But it was mm-hmm. tricky because like, it was just me and a homie who had like a Canon EOS five. And like the sound was always a nightmare. Cause it was just like bootstrapping, you know, like it was never yeah. like proper gear, proper anything. Um, and then because I'm not like trained in video editing, I would spend a massive amount of time editing these videos and I'm still proud of them. Um, there's some pretty cool ones because there's been some very creative people come out of Montreal and like make it. Um, my old roommate is a designer for OVO. He lives in LA now. There's the whole wow. I'm I'm uh but he's like I'm not a flex, but like these are these are you know, I worked retail when I first moved to Montreal. Like I knew what I wanted, the store I wanted to work at. Like that's the one thing I didn't know anybody when I moved here. I just moved to Montreal. Um, I'm originally from Calgary, Alberta, home of the Stampede. You, um, yeah. I lived in British and uh, Bret Hart. Yeah, right. That's a fact. <laughs> I've been, to, you know, you know, this goes deep instantly. I've been to Bret Hart's house. Oh snap! You've been in the dungeon. My dad, my dad was a defense attorney for most of my childhood, and the Hart family was one of his clients. Um, mm-hmm. But this was this was like 80s and early 90s wwf era yeah when it wasn't a massive multi-billion dollar organization like those dudes Mm -hmm. busted their ass and like they had some money but not crazy money Mm -hmm. um anyway without getting too off topic but uh (laughs) yeah i moved out to montreal and there was a store a sneaker store that i knew i wanted to work at and that's how i got um into um well, it's not how I got into shoes, but it's how I got into like meeting people here. And, uh, and I would have guests, um, and, and cover 
this, you know, events and stuff like that with my show. Um, uh-huh. but I would, oh yeah. Um, and that's how I met these dudes, like the the like the dime guys, like Vince and Phil. Um, and uh there's a there's a guy I used to work at at that shop um who now has his own line called Colin Meredith. Um, mm-hmm. I urge you to check out his stuff. It's very, very sick. He recently designed a bunch of tour merch for Amine. Um, that's been Amine. Yeah. And that's um, fire. Yeah. He has sold, he sold several designs to Louie. Um, he did consulting for Arcteryx. And so, but this isn't me. I'm not speaking as a flex. I'm just saying that like, there's a very like vibrant community of creators in Montreal and mm-hmm. that's part of why I love it here is like, there's a hunger for this like fashion and design. And, um, and I've always tried to, you know, do my thing with, with that. And so, um, uh, my show has always kind of incorporated that. Um, and, uh, I used to interview people. So after it was like a video show, I then started doing, um, just, radio on this pirate radio station here in Montreal. And then from there grew into the podcast um, that is now on Spotify and uh, episode 68 or 69. And uh, I just talk about whatever I talk about the city. I talk about lifestyle. I talk about gear, sneakers, whatever. Um, As you can probably already tell, uh, I I only need like a suggestion of a topic and I yeah. run from there. <laughs> just, so I'll go with it. I'll cut myself <laughs> off at that. No, I mean, that was perfect. I mean, we don't we don't even have to talk about uh, you introducing yourself. We could just jump into the question now. Yeah. After that, uh, which is and this is the question I ask everybody each week. What's your first kicks? What's that first pair of sneakers you absolutely needed to have? So um the short, quick answer for the listeners is, is the Nike dunk SB Paul Urich. Um, yeah. this was, this was, you know, uh, obviously like back when dunks were first a thing and, um, having multiple unnecessary shoes started to become a wave. Um, and, mm-hmm. and before that though, it started with, with vans, like, um, I will say, um, and I, and I, I, and I skated. And so, but it was first with the authentic, uh, or sorry, the era that I started realizing that you can have more than the, you know, more than a couple of pairs of shoes. You can have shoes that go with outfits mm-hmm. and then the dunks like Nike, uh, it was really interesting with Nike because they weren't, it wasn't taken seriously, at least not where I was from like SB, um, which I think, I believe it started as a brand called Savier, S-A-V-I-E-R. Like that was like Nike's intro. They didn't even, they were so precautious about entering the skate industry that mm-hmm. Nike has, it didn't start with Nike SB. It started with Savier is like a French way to say it, but Savier. And yeah. it was made by Nike, but they were skate shoes um, because nobody took Nike as a skate brand. It was like mm-hmm. it was a jock guy brand. And so they using that alternate branding, that's kind of how they entered the market. And then came SB um, and with the whole kind of like big colors and like massive graphic design and, um, you know, individual style um sb started to get traction and collecting sbs um because uh this was the really um maybe not the dawn but it was certainly uh like sb was big on the special editions the collaborations Mm -hmm. or the homage colorways like you know the heineken and the daylaw and and even the paul urich so the paul was one of the shoes that like i needed to have that i didn't need that was for a flex that was for outfits that was Mm -hmm. unnecessary and i didn't like have the money for it like i feel like one of the qualifications for being a sneakerhead is like spending the money on them when you don't have it to spend you know (laughs) yeah Oh, like, I know. I'm eating bread for the next whatever, <laughs> um, but I have to have these shoes. And that was one of the first that I can remember that I was like, I don't care what I have to do. Um, 
I will, you know, cut grass for the neighbors. I'll, you know, sell painted Jesus rocks, which was a stunt I had when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, I would paint Jesus's face on rocks, and I would go around to neighbors, and I'd be like, "Do you want a? Um, do you want a Jesus painted rock?" And because um, I grew up like not strict Roman Catholic, but Catholic, like we went to church on Sundays. Yeah. So I would work. I would work over the neighbors and sell like Jesus rocks for like ten bucks. Um, that's wild. Uh, before before we start going, keep going. Uh, let me give a little rundown of what the Paul Yurches are. And I feel like I'm saying the, the name right, but let's go with uh, let's see the Nike Dunk Premium SBs. Paul Yurich features nice detailing on the shoes, including wood print on the side panels with multi with multicolored pinstripes on the heel of the shoe. It also features new buck leather on the eyelet tabs, suede on the toe box. Premium leather on the side panels and the toe box. The insoles features designs of skull feather graphics. These were the first Nike SB's, Nike SB highs to re, be released in 2007, and they were designed by artist slash skateboarder Paul Yurich, hence the nickname of the shoe. Yeah. Yeah, that's them. I remember them well, and I, and I pulled <laughs> them up. Um, I mean, yeah, I was telling you before we, we jumped on that I had these and yeah. uh, I sold them off um because so my first so as you were saying like you know i feel like a lot of people who weren't who weren't able to who weren't into jordans their first shoes are nike sbs i feel like because it it came with a community as well yeah that's a very good way to put it yeah you were were included um yeah yeah absolutely and so like i my first pair were actually the khaki sbs okay and and so when these came out, I was like, oh, these are similar. And I already killed my khaki SBs. So I was just like, these are similar. I could get these and I got them. But then once I put them on, I don't know, something about that, like the black, the black clashed with what I was going for in my head. Because this shoe is similar to the khaki SBs, but it's totally opposite at the same time. And yes, yeah, I sold them. And I think I got Brian Anderson's after that, which are mm. I had to get I had to get rid of those too because they were too tight. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember going. I had I I have Brian Anderson's signature at my parents' house back in Calgary. I went to a toy machine mm-hmm. demo one one time, and there was uh, this would have been like oh three or oh four. And Brad Staba, Brian Anderson, Mike Vallely, uh were there. I don't know. Uh, Heath Kirchart was there. Um, mm-hmm. And I got all their signatures on like different stickers. That was super, super cool. That was a little bit before sneakers were a mm-hmm. thing, but that was certainly when I was like a 12, 13 year old skateboarder. Um, and some of those guys still, well, Brian Anderson and Heath Kirchard are definitely still, still active in the, in the community. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, were you, did you, were you spot? Like, were you sponsored? No. Skating? No. See, I'm a chunky boy, dude. I'm a large, I'm a large boy. I'm six one two forty these days, and uh, I have a decent frame. Your boy grew up a gymnast, so I'm a little bit limber. I got like, I've got a little a gymnast. Yeah, I grew up a gymnast, <laughs> bro. From when I was six to thirteen years old, I I did gymnastics competitively. But, that's crazy. And I say it ended at thirteen because that's when the pubes hit. The puberty came mm. in, bro. And I, it's a small man's sport. Uh-huh. And I got body Did awkward, you, shot up? you know, would yeah. you like fries with that? <laughs> Your boy got awkward with his body and I couldn't keep up with the little mans. I couldn't keep up with them. And I got so discouraged because I was going to competitions. I was losing. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started getting uh, more into baseball um, and wrestling and skateboarding. And, uh, and yeah. Um, so I can still like walk on my hands a bit. I'm not going to say I can do the splits, but you never know, man. <laughs> so if, if you go to a skate shop and they're like, we need somebody to do a split to get these. But, oh yeah. What I was saying, <laughs> I was, I was a large kid. Um, so I wasn't good at technical skateboarding. I was good at hawking, especially with mm-hmm. my gymnastics background. Like I could take, I could take a spill. I knew how to roll mm-hmm. <laughs> literally. So uh yeah i was i was the guy who was throwing himself off of big drops and stair gaps um i never i never had a smith grind i never had a crooked grind um (laughs) 
I could do a 50, 50. And, I was going to say you just 50, 50. And five, oh, but if there's a, you know, if there's seven, eight, nine stairs, that's for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but it was, I mean, boring. big drops are big drops are always getting uh good spots in, in thrasher. So you could, you could have did something with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I've always, I've always, uh, love skateboarding uh as a result and like i think um it's always it will forever be incredibly influential on style and design mm-hmm. and trend um because of of its nature you know it's a very expressive sport um it demands a lot of dedication um to get good mm-hmm. and um i don't know there's just something about it that uh now not without its own toxicities but that's like anything else you know right but um yeah it's always like skateboarding dictates a lot of trend forecasting um for sure so oh yeah i mean look how big supreme is now yeah you know starting off as just a strictly skate skate brand Mm -hmm. and now you're just like oh we're owned by the LVFM group or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is like, it's still crazy to me because, you know, growing up in New York, I remember going to Supreme and then being told nothing fits, nothing fits for, nothing fits for you here. Mm-hmm. You should probably get out. Like <laughs> I've been like tossed out of there you know, a couple the, times. The snobby, <laughs> snobby skate shop looks was like, the, that was such a thing. Looking back, it's like horrible. Like mm-hmm. how, shitty they they would be <laughs> if they if they didn't like you if they liked you you were in and they treated yeah. you. and there's always that one kid in the crew who like they liked and like he would get stickers and they would like give him new bearings or whatever and they he was just like the blessed the chosen one but for the rest <laughs> of us it was just they would roll their eyes at you they would ignore you they would you know it was rough um but yeah my my first pair of skate shoes Mm-hmm. Um, that I remember like sort of on the topic, uh, not my first pair of skate shoes, but, uh, globe, uh, Jershon Mosley's was the first one that was like premium skate shoe mm-hmm. that, uh, my parents were like, you have, like, I had to work, I had to work six months for that shoe, bro. Whoa. Um, What'd you do? What'd you do? What was that job? Not well, like work as in like not get suspended from school, do chores around the house. I had to earn them. I had to make the honor roll to get that shoe. Um, and so, yeah. And I, and I did for the shoe. And then, you know, of course, as parents, they hope it's going to teach you something. But as soon as I got the shoe, I was right back to like tanking in class and whatever. (laughs) I got what I wanted. Um, Oh man. I mean, yeah, I remember these. I remember I had to look them up because I just, I, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen these before, but yeah. It had the all around tongue and that was a big, big deal. Like nothing, mm-hmm. no other shoe. Now globe sold out and like went big and it's like not very cool anymore. Um, I think it's still around, but um, it was a very technical brand back then. Like it was a tech skate crew, you know, like yeah. how different crews would have different, you know, aesthetic, like choose your mm-hmm. character kind of vibes. Um, Globe was like a technical uh, skate shoe um, or skate. They had a technical tech skate team. I think day one was on the team around that time um, as well, but um, they want song. Yeah. And, and it definitely, it definitely was like, that was kind of uh, skateboarding was definitely the introduction to like how I wanted to dress and, and, mm-hmm. and becoming conscious that like um, style was a thing at all um, was watching skate videos and like watching 411 VMs and watching like birdhouse, the end and like shorties fulfill the dream, um, mm-hmm. you know, that time and just idolizing just like, watching those tapes over and over and over again and just wanting to be those guys like so bad. Um, but of course you don't have money when you're a kid. Uh, like I said, I had, right. to, yeah, I had to like get good grades for six straight months to get the first shoe that I, that I wanted for myself. Not like, mm-hmm. well, Ryan needs new shoes. So we're going to the sport check and we're going to get him the cheapest 
goddamn cross trainer possible you know what i mean like, <laughs> and i get it looking back you're my parent i understand but like um yeah the i mean so then from there because we were talking about you know the fire red threes behind you yeah, yeah. what is your your fire red threes what, what's your story for your fire red threes yeah this is this is uh I, this one isn't a fun so i have a better story about dunks that i would love mm-hmm. to tell uh this one though was just um this was a, this my jordan interest came after dunks though as you yeah said. same here yeah um because the dunks just it just slowed down like nike just kind of slowed down with them and like mm-hmm. the trend passed um, I don't really remember <clears throat> why, but I remember that these um, were kind of um, becoming cool and not because I, I basketball uh, was a sport that I never played, mm-hmm. but it was just the next step. And there was a store called Goodfoot um, who uh, there was three in Kent. No, there might've been four or five, like in its heyday, but like it was Mm -hmm. the one Canadian retailer that got hype shoes. Mm. Um, And I mean that like there was just one Canadian retailer and it it was good foot and they would only get ever max one size run. And it's still like that in Canada today. Retailers will get max one size run in a drop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the fire red three Oh seven was the first Jordan that I ever bought. Um, and, uh, I, it, and I bought it purely for aesthetic. Wasn't, didn't really follow basketball. Wasn't really, a you know, of course knew, knew who Jordan was, but mm-hmm. I just thought they were dope. I thought that they were really like, you know, they packed a punch and they were, premium leather and they were just kind of like when i what i want to because i never would go to a store and be able to buy that day you know i would have to you would think about it you will go back and you will go back for a few weeks you know until you had up enough money keep checking up on the stock yeah hopefully they'll still be there there. and just Mm -hmm. seeing them on the shelf and but and that one just like it would just glow to me like it was just glowing on that shelf and i just really really wanted to have it and the day came when i had up enough money um and i think they were like 180 or 190 canadian back then um nowadays in canada you know it's a hundred dollars more for a jordan um so uh but yeah that was my first j and then that was my only j for a long time mm-hmm. for years for years and years, I just had the I just had the fire red threes, and that's all I cared about because um, I was I was still interested in skateboarding. Um, and then, uh, yeah, started working retail and was more into. That's when I started getting into Air Max, and mm-hmm. then I was an Air Max guy for like ten years um, and didn't care at all about dunks or really anything else. Um, I just really liked Nike sneakers, like trainers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then it's only the last like three, four ish years that I've been getting back into, to Jordan's as, um, to be honest. So. No. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because now we can, we share this as well because my, my, the first Jordan I bought for myself were the fire red threes as well oh that's amazing (laughs) but i but so it's funny because like so i used to when i was selling on ebay um when i needed to pay bills uh i would just like there was this one dude who was the same size as me but he was a a professor at at nyu and he would he would always look at my postings and be like he'll message because we ended up trading numbers and he'll be he'll message me like yo i saw you posted these I'll pay you straight up. We'll just meet and whatever. And so I would do that a lot with him. And one day he wore those and I was like, yo, these are crazy in 2007. And I was like, damn, I need those. And then I wasn't able to get them until the the next re-release. And I was like, I finally got them. I still have them. Like they're this maybe in worse condition than your pair, but yes. I've yeah, <laughs> I've always hung on to that one for that reason of just like I remember that, like I said, walking into the store and it just sort of hovering on that shelf. 
Mm-hmm. I just loved looking at that goddamn shoe so much. And I still do. And it's almost spiritual. You don't know why. I don't know why. I skated those Paul Yurches. I skated my linoleums as we were discussing before. I skated all my oh, like original SBs and threw mm-hmm. them in the garbage. Dang. Um, I collected vans heavy for many years. Mm-hmm. Like in those Air Max days, it was Air Max and vans. I know it's like really kind of opposite worlds, <laughs> but um, you're going from comfort to just yeah, I've, straight and I've <laughs> straight wood and I've sold <laughs> shoes. I just I sold my DMP uh, Celtics mm-hmm. Bulls pack. Um, I sold the 2016 Royal Blue One Highs. Um, just was over it. Didn't care. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, now of you know, I now I preach never sell a shoe uh, <laughs> yeah. because the day will come and like if you need it. And that's why I like those shoes that I sold. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to. I'll be like, yeah. I I needed to pay rent. And like those were dark days, you know, hopefully never to return. But like my sneaker collection has bailed me out a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Mine too. And it's heartbreaking, but like, Hey, it's a story. And like, that's what, to me, that's what the whole, this whole thing is about is the storytelling element. I think that's mm-hmm. what the whole original concept, even to this day, like what any collab that comes out, what are they doing? They're telling a story. Like that's mm-hmm. the nature of a collab is to tell a story. And so, Hey, for that reason, it's worth it. And I have, I have my little pictures like in my Google drive of like, you know, my, uh, you know, my DMP, uh, ones, but, um, yeah, that one, that fire red three, I never let it go because of that feeling that it gave me when I first saw it, which was just elation, which was just like, I was in love. I was in Mm -hmm. love with looking at that shoe. And, and, and so for that reason, uh, that's why I still have it. And it's traveled. I've lived many different places and those, fire red threes come with me wherever i go uh for that reason um oh yeah the threes that me i don't know why but i feel like and it's and i don't know if it's just the threes but they're just one of the most comfortable shoes i've ever it really is man like a lot of jordans are not comfortable man Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh and the jordan every um yeah i got a few of them um fortunately this year and each time um I put them on. I already know they're going to be comfortable, but you know, especially when a shoe is new, you're, you're hyped to put on for the first time. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then you put it on and you're reaffirmed that like, not only is this a brand new fresh pair, but like, Oh yeah. Threes are so comfortable. Mm -hmm. They're just pillowy. They're just pillowy. Like I won't say that they have the best support, but they're just so damn pillowy, man. And no, yeah, they're, they're like, for me, they're, you know how, like people have like, I don't know, like comfy shoes. They go to the airport with. Yeah. That's, that's this, the shoe for me. I always, I like, I bring a pair of threes with me. Yeah. Understandable for sure. <laughs> um, so like, I'm not well versed in the sneaker community in Canada, but like, since you've been around, what, what is, is there, is there like a standout? Of like, you know, how to how do you guys still communicate or like, you know, how'd you get together? Is there one that you are currently part of? Uh, like a sneakerhead network? Yeah, or just like not, <laughs> no, not not really. Um, I'm yeah. I'm I'm in a few like Facebook groups that are mm-hmm. pretty big and so I'll like see posts, but like I don't really I'm not into flipping shoes. Um I, I like the, the approach of if I get a shoe, I'm supposed to have it. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's why I no longer get rid of shoes, um, because I kind of like that sort of organic philosophy because just jumping from hype shoe to hype shoe, like having a road to now to each their own, I will Mm -hmm. preface with that, whatever floats your boat. I, I totally get that the rush of the flip is totally a thing um but i like to break out a pair my guy i like mm-hmm. to break it's fine if i only wear it twice a year that's fine i like to break them out on those two days though 
Yeah, for real. And it's it's fun. That's that's more fun to me. Um, so for that reason, I don't really engage. And there are some meetups I don't really go because I don't pay over retail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I told you before, but every yeah, I mean, shoe this that, podcast is this podcast is always team no resale. Yeah, um, <laughs> and and I that's totally fine. I have friends that do it. Um, I'm very happy. I think it's super entertaining to see what mm-hmm. shoes resell for and such um but every shoe that i own i bought at retail um because again back to my sort of organic like i feel like when you're constantly in this pursuit of the hype shoe you one might wash out their identity as a sneaker head you bought that shoe for a reason boy Mm -hmm. keep it yeah. You bought it because you liked it in that moment. It's like having a tattoo. You got that tattoo because you liked it in that moment. And shoes are sort of the uh, sort of an expression of that. And so just constantly flipping shoes to have what's hype, I feel you one might end up not really having a sneaker identity. Mm-hmm. Um and so um that's why I don't really engage in the in the flipping. Um but but I totally get it and I and I think it's fun and I'm happy for those that do um and get to hold pairs. Um but, but I mean like that's that that's also uh you bring that into your content too because like that's why I really like your content. And I was following it since like the beginning you started your page because I felt like it was more organic and authentic than just being like oh yeah this is what's hot so i'm gonna get it right now you know what i yeah, mean and i've i fall in i've i fall into the hype as well absolutely mm-hmm. like like i'll still end up buying a pair of shoes like the other night i should not have bought the penny photon dust <laughs> financially speaking yeah yeah i know i'm gonna really love having that shoe though mm-hmm. um is that a hype shoe right now hell no that's my mm-hmm. most recent purchase though is the photon uh is the photon pennies mm-hmm. um because that shoe has a story and that's and that's what i'm saying is like the shoes tell our story like mm-hmm. tattoos and so that's kind of my approach with copying pairs is like um and and that f- same feeling with that fire red three is like you know when you see a pair and it gives you that twinkle in your heart that little john twinkle that you're like i want that and if um yeah. And so um, that's why it's it's still fun. And I think why I'll always like shoes is because of that that first Jordan fire red feeling, you know, put that on a T-shirt. Give me that fire red feeling, you know, give me that fire red feeling. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you start making merch for your podcast? What you got to do? Man? Yeah. And I, and I know it's kind of old heady, but um, that's fine. That's just that's just how I like to to view my shoes is like mm-hmm. I liked those when I got them a lot. I liked them so much I spent two three hundred dollars on them. In fact, mm-hmm. and uh, and so they they kind of tell my story and my evolution in time. And there's times when like I'll go years without wearing a pair of shoes, but then there comes a day when I'm like, you know what? Those go with the fit real nice. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I loved these when I first got them. And I love them right now today. Um, but to, I'm, I, yeah, I uh, know I was going to say like, you know, I'm, I'm very curious of just like, how'd you get into fashion as well? Because like you've put me on a ton of brands that I've never heard of when you or and you've also put me on pieces that I didn't even know were released as well. But like what beyond shoes, like what what got you into that as well? Yeah, I mean, it It was working retail. So like when and it really it goes back to as a kid, those shop dudes just mm-hmm. being gods and wanting to be one. And then I ended. I don't know. I hope I was much nicer in my era, <laughs> but like all through my 20s, I worked retail while going to school at night to support mm-hmm. myself <clears throat> um, because I, I, I just wanted to be a shop guy. And then I worked at a few of like um, Canada's uh, different streetwear stores. But that's how I got into gear and like, you know, fits and um, putting it all together. Because mm-hmm. as as you know, um, a shoe can be, you know, it can, you can really give it a boost or vice versa. A shoe can really give an outfit a boost, but it's just it's fun. Like 
it's, it's a creative outlet. Like I, I don't have a crazy expensive wardrobe. I don't, I don't, I know that um, like sometimes I'll like see a fit because like uh, usually on TikTok in the morning, I'll do, uh, I'll do like a get ready with me, but just like Mm -hmm. not, I'll try to be quick about it, but like, here's the shoe I'm wearing and here's the fit. Um, I mean, some, some of these TikTok people go a little crazy with the fits. Yeah. The fit videos. And even some of mine, I'll look, I'll, someone will comment. So I'll like open like an old one and be like, oh, I should have done a blue tee. I'm not like a drip goat. I'm not, and I've never claimed to be, but I, mm. it's fun getting dressed in the morning. It's a super fun part of the day. And I think that is what drip is, is having fun getting dressed. Mm-hmm. And if that is, if that is, um, something that you, you know you vibe with or one vibes with then you have drip end of story period mm-hmm. if you like what you got on you have drip go exactly. with god you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. um and it's a beautiful thing and 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 um so as as you, you know like it's not uh drip isn't isn't about the price or you know uh the label on the clothes like it can be fun if there's a little prada triangle on your shit Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's fun. But Steve's like comes from, in fact, like when somebody isn't wearing any labels and you're like, I love that kit. That's, that's dope, you know? Um, and it's even, it's swaggier when someone's got, you know, like a whole, whole shit came from the thrift and it's drippy and you're like, bro, that's, that kit snaps. And you know that they didn't put, virtually any effort into it or certainly mm-hmm. didn't pay very much for it and that's super attractive to me because you know that that came from that's an expression of their vibe and that's what's a, like attractive about somebody's style is is how they wear the clothes not the clothes wears them oh yeah believe i believe me i, I am part of that that <laughs> you preach it to the choir my yeah. friend so yeah, it's it's just a fun little joyous moment in the day of like that moment where you're like, well, "What am I gonna wear today? How am mm-hmm. I feeling today?" Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's a little it's it's super creative and it's like uh, yeah, it's a little self expression, you know. Oh yeah, and you a know, lot of I people think... don't care about it. Um, no, nah. a lot of people take it really seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to to ponder like, oh, what does that? Should I put the hat with the shoe, or should I put the tea with the shoe? That is a fun little game, you know. Little mm-hmm. engage with yourself and with your like own confidence, and uh, you know, we all we all have our own trials and tribulations. But when you step, when you have that last look in the mirror, and you're like, I like it, and you step out of the house on a good note. It just sets your day off, right? It's not about flexing. It's just about getting into a positive headspace. Mm -hmm. And if like a nice outfit um, does that for you, that's a beautiful thing. It's really fun, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, I always tell people, you know, if you look good, you feel good at the same time. It changes changes your day because like. Like you step, you like people who just like get dressed and just go, right? It always your day just feels rushed straight off the bat. Doesn't matter who you are, right? So it's just like that's why I mean that's why I always think about what kicks I'm gonna wear the night before, and then I'm just like, and then I dream up the rest of the fit after that. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, here we go, like you know, or or just like uh like if you're like oh yeah, if the weather's good, I'm un- I'm undiessing these tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that feeling right there. I don't, it's one of a kind. I don't know if anybody, <laughs> I don't know if anybody can beat that. Yeah. It's, it's super <laughs> fun and it's, yeah, it's, it's lighthearted. It's the little things in life, you know, cause you mm-hmm. get to work and it's just like this barrage of like bullshit and like issues and stress and whatever. But in that moment when you're like, ah, oh, these look good. I feel good. Um, it's, it's fun, you know, mm-hmm. a little, little self love. Well, yeah, yeah, big on self love. Yeah, PMA, PMA, positive mental, positive mental attitude, and also self love. You gotta, you gotta do it. Always gotta do it. There you go. Um, what? So, like, you know, you're 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 currently traversing the the TikTok creative wave. Like, what inspires you to keep going? Uh, I like I like to um, 
I just like getting people excited about something. Uh, mm-hmm. I like communications and like I work in marketing and it doesn't matter what it is. It can be software. It can be jeans. It can be sneakers. It can be candy like Sullivan's food review. I just like, uh, I just like to entertain in a sense, but not necessarily in the way that I like attention. Of course, mm-hmm. like getting, you know, some attention or some approval always feels good, but I just like, I just like, uh, getting people excited about something. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, I kind of like exploded, uh, on, <laughs> on TikTok this, like early this year at the, mm-hmm. at the Beijing Olympics, I was doing another, like, Another one of those, I have different kind of like threads of like, I get, call it my comedy, call it, I don't know, like my interests, but one of them is like sports commentary. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, I had a TikTok channel where I I would do my own voiceover of like events and it exploded um, for like five days Mm -hmm. and like tens of millions of views. Um, Damn. Like so crazy that I was getting messages from the athletes multiple uh-huh. three times athletes from the video that I did a voiceover messaged me on IG saying, yo, so funny. I saw the video and I was just like, whoa, <laughs> that's but, crazy. But I got, um, which was really cool. Um, but it got like the thing about those clips was they were never lasting for more than 24 hours before getting flagged and pulled. Yeah. Because which still blows my mind, like how they knew it was because at first I was doing these, they were getting flagged and I thought, Oh, it's cause it's picking up on the audio mm-hmm. and flagging the post. Then I was muting the TV and still doing it. And it was, Somehow it's picking up on the visuals, which blows my mind. Like I'm filming it through my phone Mm -hmm. and it knows like how you feel me. And uh, so, yeah, those clips were never lasting for for more than 24 hours, but they were tracking two, three, four million views within a day. That's crazy. Like, bro, I tell you, I learned it was a fascinating social experiment because I saw how addictive that shit, like that level of, and how sad I was when it was gone. Cause one day, five days into the Olympia lasted five days. Mm -hmm. Um, And one day I woke up on the fifth day and my, the account was gone. And I was like, I was legitimately sad for a week because it felt so like that was a extremely powerful drug. Now I'm an adult. I'm mm-hmm. equipped to be able to deal with that. But like for a kid, bro, like that's very dangerous. Like, and I can see how um, young people, hell, even me for God's sake, like mm-hmm. it has a very powerful effect on your mental, um, you know, uh, and how much importance we can put on social media, but more recently. So yeah, I was heartbroken about losing that account and I did just didn't TikTok for a while. And I was just doing my content on IG and the radio mm-hmm. show or the podcast. And then I don't know what happened one day, but I just was like, uh, like I saw in one of the sneaker accounts that I followed that, a drop was coming and so i just like did some commentary on it and then it got as you may well we all know when you start a tiktok account it's rough yeah it's me right now like (laughs) it's rough post will be up for a week and it's got like (laughs) seven views yeah no likes it sucks you really have to like it's a grind starting a new account and but i just it was an expression like it was i man for the first three months of like the sneaker sort of account because let's let's be honest like that's mostly what i talk about is like Mm -hmm. shoe drops and other fashions but for the first three months bro like zilch like zero like and like you know maybe three 
on a video that's been up for two weeks, but I, Mm -hmm. it was, I mentioned this because I enjoyed it. I, I was entertaining myself, like Mm -hmm. be your number one fan. You don't need anyone else. Like that's such a powerful philosophy is like, if you're your number one fan, you don't need anybody else. Yeah. And so I was getting a kick out of my content um, in a different way. Like I had my other little channels, the podcasts and stuff, but I was having fun talking about shoes and the way that TikTok, you know, you can do the green screen background and you have the visual there. It was just fun for me. Mm-hmm. And then for real, took like three, four months before like it started getting any traction at all. And um, and then only in the last couple months. So yeah, that channel hasn't been around has been around like six, eight months, but um it's only sort of recently that it started to like track. Um, but ain't a damn thing changed. Mm-hmm. If you scroll the bottom of that page, that first video will be just like my last. And I think that's mm-hmm. a good testament to someone who's having a, you know, who's kind of having a hard time or like, doesn't know, like, when's the break? When's the break? Um, the other thing about that is it's never enough for right. human beings. Like we're programmed as soon as you get that one thing. I was like, man, all I need is a hundred followers. All I need is a hundred, man. All I need is a hundred, you know? So you get one Oh one and you're like, well, I need two though. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. never enough. It's never enough. But the, the pit gets deeper, but, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Um, I think, and it's certainly paying no bills. I'll tell you that, but mm-hmm. it's cool to see. We all have, experiences and like i spent my whole t- i've i've liked shoes i've been interested in shoes since you know where we started that paul urich since 2007 and a little bit before like i said with the vans eras well that's something i can talk about i can talk about it for days mm-hmm. literally and um and that's what tiktok talk asks of a creator especially at the beginning is like pick a lane um and uh and so yeah that's something i i can talk about um is like gear and sneakers and so i just started doing that and it was it has not been overnight and it's still not it's not like crazy like i Mm -hmm. like i said i'm not at 10k i'm not getting paid for any of this shit um no yeah but it's fun for me and 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 i think you can tell that like I enjoy it. So yeah, I was just gonna ask, like, you know, because I feel like when I watch your videos, there I feel the charisma coming out of it, right? And I appreciate so, that. And and because you always add you add your personality to every video that you've posted, right? So like were you always like this? No. Are you I was gonna say, like no, you dude. Know? I was a very insecure kid. I have mm-hmm. I have a cleft lip and red hair and as a kid growing up in a suburb, anything, well, for a kid anywhere, anything that makes you different sucks, man. Mm-hmm. And I had very low self-confidence. I, I saw therapists when I was young. Um, cause I had a hate book. I had a self hate book that I would scribble like self deprecating. You suck. You're ugly. You should die. Blah, blah, blah. At like seven, eight, nine years old. Whoa. Now, without getting too dark with the shit, but a lot of people have been there. And so that's why I don't shy away from like touching on that. No, I was no, I was not always outspoken or confident whatsoever. I felt mm-hmm. super less than I felt super different. I felt like I didn't have much to offer. I felt um, like I always had to prove myself. And being a class clown like and there's a big difference between like being funny and being a goof Mm -hmm. (laughs) and getting people in your life by acting out but as a kid you don't you don't this that doesn't you're not thinking on that level but like that's how i got people in my life was like attention seeking and being goofy but luckily i um i guess I kept a part of that in a good way in that, um, well, I'll tell you this, man, like my single greatest joy in life is, is to make somebody laugh. Mm -hmm. And above that, another little tear, a little notch is like 
making my my family laugh, my mom, my dad, and my sisters like that makes me happier than anything on earth is is bringing a laugh, a little chuckle, mm-hmm. and um, and so yeah, um, that's that's kind of it's not a it's not an approach or anything, but like that's how I deal with hardships in life is like thinking you know is uh i don't know um laugh or cry is a way laugh to or cry laugh or cry um and i spent i did i did many many a night morning day afternoon with cry mm-hmm. and it's uh you know it, but it's only through the that hardship um that you're be that one day you can laugh because you got to know the rain to appreciate the sunshine, you know, you got to know the darkness to appreciate the light. And so, um, yeah, um, that's, that's kind of where that comes from. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I love it. Like, cause like, I mean, well, I didn't, I mean, I don't love the the beginning part. That's not, I'm not, that's not what I mean, mean, you know, but I know it's the journey, the journey, you know, the journey that created, that creates you and creates what your interests are. Um, But as we go down to the end of the podcast, I do ask another question. Sure. And that question is, what does the thrill of the hunt mean to you? Um, It's that, it's that fire red three feeling. That's what, that's, 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 that's what it is um the thrill of the hunt is uh it's 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 ple- like pleasant it's a distraction it's a simple joy in life when you can look at a shoe and it brightens your day mm-hmm and you start thinking about things you would wear and how it might look from that angle or on the sidewalk or at the party or the event that you want to wear them to and undeestimate that thing. Like, um, yeah, that, that is what the joy of being a sneakerhead is, is like that little kind of boost it gives to your day when you're like, I want not, not that you want them, but like, I would love to wear that mm-hmm. because it speaks to me and it's fun because, um, you know, there's a new shoe out every day, you know, multiple dozens, but I, it's super interesting. And like, there's an interesting psychology as to like why that shoe speaks to you um, and why it made you um, kind of the wheels start turning about like why, you know, because again, like how we dress is can be not, it isn't to everybody, but like it can be very expressive. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the thrill of the hunt is, is just about, um, that little piece, that little slice of life, that little, that little joyful moment when you see something and you're like, man, I would love to wear that. Um, and, and and show that to the to the world. It's not about having it. Mm-hmm. It's about showcasing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's kind of what that's what the shoes and the and the clothing are kind of like the deeper meaning. It's like um, that self expression. It's not about me, mine, mine. Like I keep it in a box. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, this is how I show you how I, you know, a little piece of who I am. Um, it's it's like a paintbrush in that sense. Oh yeah. So seeing, you know, going to the store and you know, if if the if the John is a paintbrush, mm-hmm. then you know, think of it as or or different colors of paint, then like you go to the store and like what does a shoe do? It's like, well, that's a new color. Like and imagine if you see a new color. Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? No, I haven't. Dude, blew my shit off because yeah. I saw colors I'd never seen in my life. Damn. Like that's my one liner, like feedback of like why everyone should go to the grand canyon Uh to see colors you've never seen before it's crazy damn (laughs) and uh yeah i don't know how to explain it it was fully euphoric uh you did this drug free yeah yeah um (laughs) but standing there and being like i've never seen that color of purple before i've never seen that color orange 
And your brain doesn't know how to deal because you've seen everything before. That's how mm-hmm. you process it. Anyway, um, that's sort of a, I'm exaggerating, but that's kind of what looking at a new shoe is. Same sort of thing. You're just like, boof, this explosion in your brain of how you would wear it. And it's super fun. And that's yeah. why I love shoes is it's just an extension of that. I can't wait till you make your, your Grand Canyon ones. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, man. I, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. I took many pictures, but <laughs> you look back and of course, like, but your phone wasn't, your phone doesn't no, have that yeah. same mechanism as your brain and your, mm-hmm. and your iris. And shit. Yeah. Uh, that, that memory is definitely the everlasting, the everlasting gobstopper. You just, you just, facts. great way to put it. <laughs> uh, but let everybody know where to find you. Oh, uh, Sullivan at Sullivan Ryan on IG and uh, TikTok, same handle Sullivan Ryan. And then if you want to listen to my podcast, it is uh, the Ryan Sullivan show on Spotify. Um, I do have a YouTube as, but go to my link tree. My link tree yeah. is, uh, has all of it. Um, and it's, yeah, I'll put the link tree in the description of the podcast as well. Yeah, let's just do that. Yeah. Uh, and for everybody out there, you know, what we say every week where your kicks where are your kicks man for that reason i just said yeah